On today's show... I do pick up the hammer and do a lot of the work myself, which helps keep down on costs. It's always evaluating, does it make sense to pay somebody else to do this or for me to tackle it? At this time, like we have relatively few properties, so we can do that. He can manage yeah. it, and as our family grows, it gets harder, but... The aspect of property management and going through these tasks has been such a learning experience where you know, we can grow that and it will translate to bigger things for us in the future on larger projects. Hello, this is Josh here with a quick public service announcement. There will be times in this podcast where you hear us refer to the title Investing Heart to Heart, which was the original name of the show before our research showed us that the audience connected better with Wealth Building with Friends. So thank you for joining the Wealth Building with Friends community. And please leave a review with a couple comments wherever you listen to podcasts, because that is how we can sustain growth. And we really need you. Thank you for being part of the tribe. Welcome to Wealth Building with Friends. I'm Usha Patel. Our partners, Melanie and Josh McAllen, will join Bob and I as we meet families just like yours. Our guests come from all walks of life. Successful sales professionals, business owners, consultants, contractors. This podcast will explore the why behind investing and dig deep into the power of relationships, no matter where you are on your personal investment journey. Learn side by side with all of us. We're glad you're here. So welcome back to the show. Uh, this is here. I'll give you a round table of who's here, everybody. We're so grateful you listeners chimed in. We have the lovely Melanie McCallan here. Hello. We have uh, the, the glorious Usha Patel. There she is. She's waving, but she also can say hi on podcast if she wants. Uh, I'm excited. And then we have Bob Wells. And Hello, everyone. Glad to be here with for another incredible episode. And my name is Josh McCown. The group of us for When We Can, We Try to Be Together. Why? Because we're trying to open up our conversation platform here. Kind of like sitting around a coffee table at Starbucks or something. We're going to interview a family today, a couple that have made the journey of, you know, going from growing up normal and now they invest. So that's fine too. And that's normal. So we're going to introduce you to a great conversation where we just get to know more good people like you and I. So we have Carrie and Dan Weiss. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you Hi. for having us. So Carrie and Dan, I'll start us off here by just asking, have you been on a podcast before? No. Okay. Our very first, one, first time. So. Oh, this is awesome. We love that. <laughs> Exciting. We, scary. <laughs> it is scary. I agree. It is a little nerve wracking, but 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 the the whole synthesis of this podcast is we just want everybody to feel comfortable, to have a nice conversation, and just get to know you. You're such a lovely couple. And with that, I just want to know if you guys would like to tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, kind of a little bit of your origin, your story, and, and your family life. Well, so for me, I, I actually am a teacher. I've been teaching for 15 years. Um, my first job was just a math teacher, and uh, then I became like a regular classroom teacher. Now I teach gifted education. I've been doing that for the last seven years. So my background is not in investing, but I have grown interested, more interested in that. My name is Dan, and I've uh, been working in banking and finance for the last 14 years. Uh, I started right out of high school with an uh, awesome organization, TD Bank. Uh, I've been with them my whole entire uh, time in finance, and I've, I've held a variety of positions from teller to store manager 
and also uh, got, gained quite a bit of experience in mortgage lending and uh, you know, helping people find their dreams. So that kind of sparked my interest initially in real estate back in the crisis 2008-9. I helped a lot of people through that time uh, with uh, you know, keeping their mortgage on track. And then also that's what first spiked that interest where I wanted to pursue real estate. And then you know, Carrie and I, we first met back in 2010 and we got married shortly thereafter in 2013 and have started a wonderful little family. We have a dog named Packer. The dog goes daughter. first. I love that. The dog goes <laughs> first. What about the daughter? He, what he about came the first. He came first. He was actually okay. a wedding gift for me. So oh, oh, that's that's sweet. Sweet. <laughs> um, but we, we also have a four-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. uh, soon to be four. She'll be four next month. And we have another one that's expected to join us in August. God so. bless you. That's Wonderful. beautiful. Exciting times. Now, we uh, just to give the audience a little reference point. So Dan and Carrie live in Pennsylvania, correct? And we got mm -hmm. to meet face-to-face, -face, you and I. And I uh, got to meet both of you guys at an event uh, by our friend MC Lobster, the Cashflow Ninja. So we're sitting there speaking to this family, and that's how we all got to, to start working together. But we'll get to that eventually. Feel free to, you know, Melanie was a teacher, by the way. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know that all of us around this table, and now all of you listeners are around the table too. It's a big table. A, we need a winery for this table. We need like a vineyard <laughs> table. Like 120,000-ish square feet. Yeah, we need a like big that. winery so we can all sit around this table. We all started like you guys, you know. As a matter of fact, I think your journey begins with real estate, buying a house or two. How did you get started investing? Or why did you start investing? Sort of accidental. My, my grandparents had owned uh, one floor of a duplex down in Long Beach Island. So we have a family shore house that they acquired back, way back in 1977. So it's been in the family a long time. And uh, unfortunately, my grandfather had passed in 2010. And I had to grow up real quick and learn how to manage a, manage a house. So that property... It was a liability to us to start. So Hurricane Sandy had occurred, unfortunately wiped out our entire first floor, which was our unit. And uh, we started to a, a renovation project where we completely gutted everything, put everything back together. And after that renovation project, we uh, decided to launch and turn it into an investment property. So we, basically because we needed to, to, to afford it. And, we, and actually your grandfather, he always said, whatever you do, don't ever sell that house. Keep that in the family. And so we were determined to make it work. And, and keep the legacy alive. So that's, that's kind of how it started. We, um, we actually ended up acquiring the second floor of my great uncle and aunt in the second unit. And uh, we remortgaged our house here and ended up buying them out of their third floor, turned that into a year-round rental for consistent cash flow. And then the first floor, we do a, a weekly rental uh, seasonally. So kind of have the best of both worlds. And then um, later on, we ended up acquiring a condo. So that's our, our other year-round rental. And then after that, we started to pursue, uh, after meeting MC and being introduced to the world of private investing and uh, some of the private placements that are out there, he's kind of helped us you know, pour, pour fuel on that fire for that journey. So it's been a fun ride. Such great stuff. I want to let Bob go, but uh, man, thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I heard Carrie say something a little earlier and, and um, you said you're, you're not an investor, but I don't know about that. I mean, you're, you're, you're investing your time and, and your talents and your energy with young people. And you probably, I'm guessing you get a really high return with that. And uh, 
you know, it's sometimes it's just understanding that we all invest in, in one way or another. And now we just invest in a different way for, for a different outcome. And um, I mean, when, when you guys think about retirement, um, especially Carrie, I'm interested. What do you think about when you think about retirement? How do you how do you feel about that? When I think about retirement, well, right now, like I feel like our goal is to retire as early as we can. Mm. So I think about that a lot. Do you guys have some vision, kind of what you'd like to do when you when you don't have to work anymore, and and you have kind of the freedom to do what you want to do? Is there something that you're really excited or passionate about? Sitting on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That is, you know, spending a lot of time at the shore. That is something on our on our list to eventually be able to just spend life on the water. A lot mm-hmm. of time on the water. We're not there yet. That's a beautiful vision, though. <laughs> so we, we do have a, a vision of financial freedom. Hopefully within the next five years, our investments will you know, be able to hit that level where it's taking care of the, you know, the majority, if not all of our expenses. So I don't want to call that retirement because I don't ever intend to give up being you know a productive member of society but that's that's the goal is to have that break even point and then continue on from there isn't it funny how some people see retirement as sitting sitting around and watching tv and others see it as being able to do what you love to do versus being able to do what you have to do i feel like that's a reason i had a hard time answering your question because i feel like my view of retirement has changed since since you know getting involved with investing because i do i see retirement as like not retirement exactly it's it's like you know i want to get to that point where i have the freedom to do what i want with my time and spend more time with my family so i guess in a way that's retired i'd be retired from teaching maybe but in the system at least <laughs> and i think a lot of people listening i think that's um it sounds like it's a slow transition but it sounds like one i've heard a few times many people sort of never would conceive of sort of quitting their jobs, but kind of slip into this whole passive income and then slowly it becomes a reality. Was that hard to wrap your minds around? Was that, or was that just sort of a slow transition? Did you sort of catch a bug and say, one of you say to the other one, like, we're both going to be quitting our jobs soon because this is going to take off? Or did you both come to that at the same point? I think once we started getting uh, mailbox money, as they call it, it kind of planted the seed. And then um, I guess it was the end of 2018, we found the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was living before reading that book, but reading that <laughs> and subsequent book, Cashflow Quadrant, really, uh, you know, turned, yeah, we saw the light. <laughs> well, and I also think that meeting MC has mm-hmm. made a big difference because he's, you know, and for those that don't know, MC Lobster is the cash flow ninja and has taught us a lot about investing in the future and, in, you know, building that long-term wealth. So I feel like just by learning from him and meeting with him and Dan met him first and then, you know, introduced me to him. And that's, that's what it took for me because again, I don't necessarily, you know, I, I did not learn about investing. I didn't learn about financing in school or business or anything. So I've just kind of learned it all from, from meeting meeting people, meeting him, meeting other people. So I definitely, so it, I, it hit Dan before it hit me, I'd say, but he introduced it to me and I was able to kind of see where, where it could go. And so we've started really taking those steps and trying to set goals for ourselves to get there. But, and then organically through MC, we got to meet you guys and you know, been, become a part of the accountable equity team in the Renault project. And it's, it's been a, uh, very rapid growth once we found passive income. (laughs) (laughs) What I wanted to say is that's why this, you know, I'm excited about this podcast because 
uh, I'm a, I'm exactly the same as you, Carrie. And you know, Dan, I I love that you share that that story about your grandfather because what came to my mind was you know when Bob's grandfather they had a a home. Um, <laughs> Uh, that was a, be- a beautiful home. My mother-in-law, she's 94. She still talks about it. And, um, you know, when Bob's father passed away, no no one, could, granddad couldn't take care of it. And so they really were looking at someone that could purchase the home. And I think, Bob, you were 18 or 19. I was in the Marine Corps. I didn't Marine. have any money. Didn't have any money. Beautiful lakefront property. And, yeah. and nobody had the options or, or was prepared to, to take advantage of that. Yeah. It would have been a fabulous investment for me. I just wasn't the right place at the right time. I wasn't, yes. I wasn't ready for yes. that. Yes. And we've been to that home and it, it, it's one of those things like, wow, you know, if you were to learn about money earlier on in life, which Carrie, I never did. Um, and it just, again, it's been organic for me when we, when we are introduced to other people. And so that's the great thing is that anyone listening to this podcast, get to hear the stories of, wow, who is in your life that's actually introducing you to something that could be really great. So I'm excited that we get to share these things with people and maybe spark an interest that could help lead to change a better life for them and pique some interest in investing as well. Cause I didn't even understand passive income as Dan (laughs) says, you know, until you get like, why do I have this in our account? And it was passive income. And then you, you start sort of, thinking more about learning mm-hmm. about it. So thank God Usha's on the show. See, I was going to say that that's what accountable equity is all about. That's oh. what I, that's what I love so much about it. Oh, thank you, Carrie. And Carrie, have you had a chance to be with us at one of our events as well? Like a learn and grow? I've been to one. Because I know Dan, you've been to more than one, I think, right? I've made it to two so far. All right. And then Corona hit. I was going to say, we blocked out our calendar to attend more, but yeah. That's right. Speaking of which, for those listeners, just just to share with you guys on an organic level, Usha and I are going through the exact same feeling right now, where when we said we're going to do a show, we thought, let's do it differently. It's more the non-threatening opportunity to just hear how other people's minds work and how investing is not reserved for Harvard MBAs. That's the big thing that changed my life two years ago. We thought you had to have the, fe- the richest friends in the world or be born into the right family before you're allowed to even think of these words like passive income, you know, cause that sounds like the Rockefellers or something. So it, I'm not going to interrupt anybody if you have a great personal question, cause these, this couple is lovely, but when we can, can you share what passive income is? Cause there's people who are like all of us sitting around the dinner table at the re- big winery right now, getting to know the six of us. They don't even know what passive income is, Dan, and that's okay. I didn't know what it was years ago. What is it? When it comes to real estate or the the investment property, like the short house, it takes work. So that's considered an active investment for us. I mean, we're actually going to be heading down there today to get it ready for the season. So it takes a good bit of time and effort, but then the checks come and we pretty much sit back and there's not really much conversation or effort put in and the checks show up on a monthly basis. And that's the passive part of an active investment. Now, accountable equity with Renault, I mean, we literally get a direct deposit to our account every month. And that is the ultimate definition of passive. We're investing our trust in you and Melanie and the rest of the accountable equity or FIBA May team to produce those profits. And it's totally hands off. Carrie and I can continue to to do our W-2 job while 
you guys put in the effort and manage the team and produce profits. So that's the true definition of passive income. You know, Dan, I'm, I'm, I'm also curious about maybe some of the fears or maybe limiting beliefs that uh, either you or both you and Carrie had before you bought your first investment property, before you just said, okay, I'm going to take my, my hard-earned money and I'm, and I'm going to entrust it to, to someone else. And what, did you, what were you thinking when you did that? What was standing in the way perhaps or delayed it? I don't know if I'd say there was any delay. I mean, I think it was probably about a month while we reviewed through the private placement and uh, you know, got to meet Melanie and Josh and the rest of the team. A lot of what we had taken a look at for evaluating for a private placement like this is who the operator is. So, you know, we got to meet Melanie and Josh and see their family and there's, you know, next level trust there when you're selecting a provider like this, so. Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. Go back to that house with your grandfather. Because it felt to me like that was your first real real estate investment, uh, meaning you probably were in your 401k though already. You we're probably buying retirement savings with the college, with the teaching fund. I'm sorry, does, do you have both have retirement accounts set up already? Yes. yes. So, so you were doing that probably from like day one, correct? At, right out of school. So then as Bob's saying, something happens, all of a sudden now you have to take responsibility, sign your name to that house or to debt or whatever you're going to do there tax liability at least, that li- was there any delay? I guess that's your point, right, Bob? He's like, did you get scared to do that? I was looking maybe for for how they felt at the time that they took over the ownership of the first property, even maybe the first house they ever looked at and thought, wow, maybe we should buy this investment property and maybe did or didn't based on beliefs or, or fears. Uh, you know, we all have be- limiting beliefs. We all have fears. I was just curious if, if you had something earlier in the stage that kind of you thought a lot about. Well, I feel like with that with that first house, with the Shore house, you know, because that one kind of fell in our laps, you know, we inherited it. So we didn't buy it per se. Granted, there's still expense and like you said, liabilities, tax liabilities and things like that. So, but we, we were determined to make it work. We saw the benefit that it gave to our family, both to be able to enjoy it as a vacation home, but also as that potential income coming in. I don't know. I feel like there wasn't really a delay. That was one of those graced moments Usha talks about. So you didn't even have to worry about limiting beliefs. It it was almost like a family duty. When I heard you tell this story, it's like grandpa said, quote, never sell this. That's pretty much what it was. It was like, it was a family duty. Like we need to make this work. We do. And I will say, well, at first when we inherited, so we, we only owned the, the first floor of the duplex. A quarter. And uh, that's true. We only owned a quarter because we, we jointly owned it with his uncle. And then the other unit was owned by his great aunt and uncle. So we were sharing this as a family unit at first. And I think that, I think the moment it really hit us was when, and it was Hurricane Sandy, I think that prompted the whole thing was his great, great aunt and uncle decided they didn't want their unit anymore. So going back to what his grandfather said, don't sell that house. It's like, okay, how are we going to make this work? Now we have two units, you know, the full house, um, and still, still partly owning it with your uncle. 
but yeah, I feel like at that moment it was like, okay, we need to, we need to figure this out. We need to get creative. We need to, we need to figure out how we can make this work. And I know there was a little bit of hesitation from, from Dan's mom and Dan's uncle in terms of renting, because I guess, um, the fam at the time that his grandfather passed, your family hadn't rented that place for years, right? Probably 20 years. They, they rented it to start. So from 77 to probably in the mid to late eighties, they rented it to, to pay for it. So they pretty much got a free shore house through rental. <laughs> but in the beginning they were renting it. So, you know, his mom and his uncle as kids would see some of that going on. And I think that there was hesitation on their side to start renting again because you know how tenants can be sometimes, especially in a seasonal situation. So they, there was definitely some hesitation on their part, which we kind of had to convince them that if we were going to keep this house, this is something we have to do. So <laughs> we kind of just, I feel like we just kind of fell into it at the beginning. There really wasn't a lot of delay, but we saw the benefits very quickly. Yeah, I, I think that's a great lesson for, for the people that are watching the show as well. Sometimes when, when we see success, right? We have a certain belief level about what we're capable of, and it changes our level of action based on that belief. And it gives us a better result, which reinforces the belief that we can do it again, right? And, and sometimes we fall into these patterns. Sometimes they can be reinforcing positive patterns that help us buy another one and another one. And there are possibilities in our past. We could have had a struggle maybe, and, and it could be a disempowering pattern also. But uh, we, we, we learn through those challenges, right? And we become better. Yeah. And I also feel because I feel like what we gain from that experience, from learning what being a landlord and renting property can do and can provide for us, I feel like that led. To, so, so our second property was a condo that we actually bought when we got married for Dan's mom. Dan's mom had some chronic health issues and she wasn't able to work. So we financially took care of her. Um, so we were trying to figure out at the time that we got married, Dan and his mom were living together. So we were trying to figure out how we were going to start our married life together and also take care of her. We didn't want to all be living in the same house, though. We kind of wanted to, you know, develop our own family. So we had made the decision at that time to to buy a condo for her. And, you know, initially it wasn't an investment at that time because she was living in it and we were paying for it for her. But we knew that someday, eventually, it probably could be an opportunity for us to gain more income. And unfortunately, that time came sooner than we expected. But, uh, you know, we lost Dan's mom, uh, not this past January, but the one before. But we turned, turned that condo into a rental property too, which was what we had in mind from the beginning. We kind of thought that we were thinking that just because we knew, we knew, you know, the Instead benefits. Of throwing rent away for however number of years we were just investing for our future by making that mortgage payment. So yeah, we thought it was better than her renting an apartment mm -hmm. or paying, paying rent. Yeah. That's beautiful. I just hear this um, loud and clear. You guys really care about your family and that's really beautiful. You're taking care of your mother and then, you know, heeding your grandfather's words. I just <laughs> think it's beautiful that they kind of led you in these circumstances to where you're at to, to even think about quote unquote retirement, you know, and, and the, where you're at now. And it sounds like you're very hands-on with your properties and you, do you manage and you, you get your renters in there? You take all that on for yourself? You do quite a bit of the work. So that's another legacy thing that my grandfather left me with. He taught me a lot of the handiwork. Um, I actually, because of my mom's health issues, I grew up living with my grandparents and my mom. So I was under the same roof with them. And uh, he, he literally 
taught me all of the trades, plumbing, electric, woodwork, and probably the most important thing is patience. So we, you know, I got to see it all and it, it's translated for me to, to be pretty handy. And I do pick up the hammer and do a lot of the work myself, uh, which you know, helps keep down on cost. It's always evaluating, does it make sense to pay somebody else to do this or for me to tackle it? But um, it's worked out pretty well. And, uh, and at this at this time, like we have relatively few properties, so we can do that. He can manage yeah. it. And, you know, as our family grows, it gets harder. But but it's kind of fun because it's a learning experience. And I, I think that the aspect of property management and, and going through these tasks has been such a learning experience where you know, we can grow that and it'll translate to to bigger things for us in the future on larger projects. And you're passing that down to your daughter too. And we just, we're constantly trying to teach our kids exactly what you're saying, putting in the hard work in the beginning, getting a property ready, and then sitting back and like you said, once that check comes in the mail, they'll just realize this is, this is great. This is not, not as scary as it seems. And I'm sure your daughter, I know she's young now, but she'll watch what you're doing and, and, and be able to model this hard work, passive income. And I think, I think that they probably won't use the retirement word. They'll use the financial independence word. Oh, there you go. Right. I was just going to say, we were telling her the other day that the, uh, the condo is going to be hers. So <laughs> oh, that's right. And what did she say when you said that? She said she wanted it. So she said, that'll be her college. <laughs> We're going to change, change the color maybe. Now, uh, so in this show, you have nailed it, ladies and gentlemen. This is Carrie and Dan because Ter- Carrie and Dan – what we were hoping this show would be is so different than everything else on the ethernet out there about investing. We want to show that honestly, this is Melanie and I, we believe this, that most investments are made because of a conversation or most education about investing actually starts, we think, around a conversation because there's those people I keep joking about uh, that watch CNBC, which is fantastic. But it's almost like when you watch CNBC, they're saying, you're not smart enough to invest. You're not smart enough to invest. Give your money to Wall Street. Give your money. The ticker but tape. The ticker tape. It's, it's, it's almost what they're saying. And people like you and, and Bob Anusha and our team, we're just saying, hey, we all probably want to take responsibility for this. And it can be an organic thing. I, honestly, one of the takeaways I have, guys, is that your grandfather forced your hand. <laughs> he forced your hand into this because he had that ominous, never sell this house. And that enforced you guys to be creative and to skip the fear factor. You skipped it because you had a sense of duty. Now, the rest of us out there may not have had that privilege, that grace, as Usha says, that you were, in, you in a sense, had a family duty. To, to keep it. So you had to be creative and, ingen- ingen- and have ingenuity. But uh, the, rest, the rest of this story is beautiful where you started to buy the next place and the next place. And I love how your mind shifted. What would you say to somebody uh, who's in your shoes and in our shoes before we all met each other? How should they approach the beginning about learning of investing or any advice to someone who's not made the transition yet to start thinking about investing? Well, considering I'm, I am I started from the beginning with knowing nothing, I feel like the, the thing that's helped the most is kind of what you said, the conversation. It's meeting people. It's talking to people. It's learning their story, you know, what led them to where they are and just learning from them at the same time. I think that's that's really important if anybody, you know, wants to know more about this or wants to get involved. Um, I really feel, I, you know, Josh, you and I met at um, MC Lobster's meetup. And I think instantly I was kind of drawn to you because of your story with Melanie and your family. 
And I was drawn to that accountable equity team because it was, it was all centered around these positive values and family, but also learning and growing together. And that's exactly what I needed. <laughs> you know, I, I was very intrigued by this whole thing. And so that, that drew me right in. You know, I, I actually, I, I remember coming home that night and saying to Dan, I said, I don't know anything about the numbers, but I know that I like Josh. I like that story. Oh. I like them. So <laughs> what a blessing. Thank you for that. I didn't know that's how it went. We feel I, the same about you. Believe me. And, and actually I misinterpreted because I thought Dan was pushing you at first because you're so, you're so polite and kind. I thought, Oh, Dan's one. He wants to invest. Maybe Carrie doesn't like this idea yet. <laughs> We're very careful about that. Melanie and I make sure that the family is in on it together. You're a couple. You actually thought about it together. That's not always the case. And we really encourage that at our team is that you guys dialogue before you make a big investment. You know, I, I think there's some fundamental truths and I, and I think one of them is nobody succeeds alone and, and that together everybody achieves more. And I think you guys nailed that one. We're happy to be a part of the team. And uh, you know, one of the great things is with the learn and grow events, it really truly feels like a mastermind where everybody's there together. There's other tremendous deal providers that are at that table and it's just an amazing experience. So we're, we're very happy to be a part of it. And I like that it's based in, around family too. Mm -hmm. I like that that's, that's part of your vision is bringing other couples in and other families in. That was important to me. Since you brought it up and since you are so articulate, the two of you, could you just share with the audience? Because this is early on in this show, this new show about conversations, about natural, the natural way to learn is conversation. So what is a learn and grow event? Just so for the good of the order, because not everybody on the show even knows what that means. I mean, it's a, it's a chance for us all to come together as investors break bread together. You guys provide a, a wonderful meal together and um, we get to see the resort and the progress that's being made. So, and there's always a guest speaker involved. So we get to, to learn something new at each event. I you know the two that we were at, we had MC uh, who talked about his you know, infinite banking concept. And the, the second event you had Matt Faircloth and Liz together where they get to share their story and you and Melody were you know, there just to tell the story. And you know, you know, there's so much impact where everybody can learn from that. And you know, we're just looking forward to, to more and a chance to be together. Jeez, I don't know, man. Are you guys getting paid? Because you guys are <laughs> absolutely saying the exact same thing that we 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 came to, and, I, and just a little public service announcement, it was Bob and Usha that helped us down this path because early on as, as partners in some of our investments, we started just having these events. Mm -hmm. Obviously, because you got to explain things, but, you know, you got to explain your whole investment opportunities. And it did, it changed, it changed us. We thought, wait, the event in and of itself is good. It's wonderful that investors join the team, but the event is good. So that's where it became more materialized as a learn and grow. And you guys got there right at the sweet spot, right when we started to get our rhythm. And we're so glad you did. Thank you for coming to those events. Actually, I think the first one you went to, we weren't investors yet. I'm pretty we sure. were not. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was pre-investment. Pre that's actually a good point. Anyone's welcome. That's actually a great point. They're, they're really good. Everybody should go to one. <laughs> <laughs> we love getting, and I was just going to say the exact same thing to piggyback on, on Josh's comment is just how through this whole process, like he said, our, our event sort of changed and it just became so exciting to, to go back to your point, Carrie, about surrounding yourself with people that are sort of in it and, and getting to know them through casual conversations and learning from each other. And so these events really morphed. And then this podcast, I think, is the next step after it that. It just it became is. like 
let's share these. I mean, we have, you know, there's tears, there's, there's hugs and there's great conversations at these learn and grow events. And we just said, let's just open that all the way up. There's something beautiful happening here. There's a lot of great, great families. And a lot of us are, you know, our commonality is, is investing, but we're all into different other things and we're all very interested in each other. Let's figure out how we all got to this place and share what we can with a larger platform. So this is so great to have you guys on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful to have you with us on the show. Is there anything uh, about uh, the Carrie and Dan team? Would you like us to, uh, if our listeners loved hearing your story, would you like them uh, to give them a way to reach back out to you and maybe just give you encouragement or or get to know what you're doing? Is there a website or a LinkedIn page you might want to give out? So no, nothing to sell, but um, you can find us on, <laughs> on Facebook for right now. Our shore house is always available for guests. That's that's what I was just going to say. Where's your shore house so we can all look it up and we can, I'm really looking forward. I'm missing the beach. So let <laughs> us out of here. <laughs> We've, we've given our shore house a name anchored by the bay. So it has a, a meaning to us where, you know, Sandy couldn't take it away. And we're, uh, I guess we're what, four houses in off of the, the bay side. So it has a, a couple meanings to us, but that's the, the nickname of our property. And if you're interested, you can reach us at anchoredbythebay at gmail.com. Ooh, I like that. So that's a good way. I think people will love that. Sure. It's always nice. By the way, it's nice to rent places from people that that have a story and a heart to it. So anchored by the bay at gmail.com. I'm checking it out. (laughs) It's wonderful to talk to you guys. Can't wait to see you again at another event. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us at the table. No matter where you are on your personal investment journey, we're glad you came. Join us next time for another engaging episode of Wealth Building with Friends.